0: Hayden Bolick.
1: Thanks for joining us for this episode of The Working Therapist. I'm Hayden Bolick, along with Kirsty Miles and we're talking about all the places that a pediatric therapist should work and where we do work and should be able to work and then how the service delivery option may apply there and why it's important to know how to provide services in that environment and then we'll go on to the next one. Here at PDT we work in schools, homes, daycares, one of our three clinics, specialty schools, private schools, charter schools, public
0: schools, developmental day centers. What else am I missing, Kirstie? When we talk about homes, that could just mean community-based. So Mm -hmm. when you hear home visit, don't just think, oh, I'm going to somebody's home and ringing a doorbell. Like that might not be the case. Right. Could be in a library. It could be at the McDonald's playground. It could be at a park, like you said
1: lots of places. Why do we do that? Well there's lots of reasons why we do that. But one of the things is these kids need services in lots of different places. That's one of the reasons why we do that. But as a pediatric therapist, we feel strongly that it's important to be able to know how to provide PTOT and speech in a variety of service delivery models and situations because kids change places that they go and if you think about a child of you know, as they grow from just think about zero to age ten, different places they are going to be during the day is really going to change a lot, more than probably any other time in your life, right? So because your home maybe, daycare, different daycare, your class changes every year. Now you start in school. You maybe start preschool first before you go to school, and then you're in school, and your classroom changes every year, and you may go to one place for kindergarten and first grade, another place for second grade, and you know, and so on down the line. So you you as a little person, a kiddo, can change where your body is during the day and when you change places. So I think as a pediatric therapist, it's important to know how do I provide service and the variety of these places is the most effective and efficient way
0: possible. Just to add to that, it makes you a well-rounded therapist. Mm-hmm. To come out and just be able to do one type of therapy is great. I'm, we're not knocking that at all, but to come out and know what's happening in school therapy makes you a better clinical medical model of therapy clinician. I'm a physical therapist, so when I recommend what this child needs for physical therapy, asking questions to the parent about if they're having these issues in school, and it goes back to our podcast on collaboration and getting with that school therapist, but it allows you to know how to collaborate too with mm-hmm. different providers in that child's life because, like you said, they're in and out of different places.
1: So it's just adding tools to your toolbox, the things you can do. Sometimes Kirstie and I will hear, well, well, I don't want to do a home visit, or I don't want to work in the schools. I just want to work in the clinic. But somebody's never worked in the schools or never worked in a home before. So how do you know till you've done it? You know, you have to be able to do the therapy in all the different places and do it well, and then you can start to pick and choose kind of where and how you do it, or at least have your favorites and that kind of thing. But how do you know till you've done it? So what we want to talk about today is various places a pediatric therapist should work and where we do work and should be able to work and then how the service delivery option may apply there and why it's important to know how to provide services in that environment. And then we'll go on to the next one. So let's start with, you know, why Kiersey is it important to work in a home? So let's start with the home visit first. Birth to three. Oh, my
0: favorite. I love a home visit. (laughs) I
1: like a home Um, visit too, but yeah, go That's why I said home first.
0: (laughs) (laughs) When I started out with PDT, I did a lot of home visits. And as a new grad, that can be very intimidating. But you learn a lot along the way. Not only do you learn how to provide therapy, but you also learn about different cultures in the community. You learn about just being respectful of other people and their environments because you are walking into their space. You are walking into that family space, that child space. Sometimes there's extended family living in there. So I think just before you even do therapy, you learn a lot culturally. Mm -hmm. And I think For me, aside from therapy, I've always enjoyed learning about other cultures and why people do what they do, and I find it fascinating. I was never a fan of history in school when we started talking about the different cultures and stuff. I loved that, so I find that fascinating going into people's homes and learning about how they do things. And I think also, before you even get into therapy, it really teaches you judgment. Mm -hmm. It's not our role to judge how people live or the choices that they make or the things that they do. And I think that having that background in doing a home visit makes you a better therapist and just a better person.
1: (laughs) It does. You know, I think one of the most important things I learned from doing home visits early on was not to judge a book by its cover because there's uh, many times I've driven up to a one type of home and maybe a certain type of neighborhood and and maybe early, early on, I expected one thing when I got into the home and got something completely different. You know, maybe the outside of the house doesn't look so great or it's not in the the greatest neighborhood or whatever, but the inside was immaculate. I've been into many homes that didn't look so hot on the outside, but in the inside, you could literally have eaten off their floor. And it, maybe they didn't have a lot of stuff, but what they did have was very well kept clean. Everything was put away orderly, organized. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better situation, you know? And then I've been into other homes that were, in phenomenal neighborhoods, gorgeous homes, beautiful like on the cover of some kind of magazine, and it looked like a bomb went off inside of the house. Yeah, again, not being judgmental, you got different things in different situations, but you just can't judge a book, you know, just because. So it looks certainly on the outside does not mean that's what you're going to get when you walk in the door. And I think that's important.
0: I'm very much a person that you want to respect everybody. Everybody comes from a different background, but from the moment that I knock on the door. Whether it's the first time I've been there, you know, we have our badge on so they know who we are. We have our T-shirt on. They know where we're coming from. Introduce yourself. And as soon as I step in the home, I always say, do you want my shoes on or off? Because, yep. And we have military all over where we're providing services. And they come from a culture or a background, depending on where they've been stationed, where they take shoes off in the home. We're a no-shoe home just because when I had little ones, and you can bring in all kinds of mess on your shoes. And we're working with children that have autoimmune, immune system disruption. So, do you want my shoes on or off? You know, kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And then just to say to that family, you know, before we get started, where can I wash my hands? Because I want them to know, hey, I care about your child, and I'm clean. Exactly. The first two
1: things I do. Also, I'm not so worried about the shoes I wear to a home visit, but I'm very concerned about my socks. I'm wearing my best socks that day. I- Make a
0: match. <laughs> Make no. Whole- Holes in
1: the toes, no, bat, no holes in the heels. I've got good socks on. And
0: you know, none of that's taught in school.
1: No, you got to learn that like, wearing holy you're socks. You're
0: supposed to go in and <laughs> provide therapy, but we haven't even talked about therapy yet. This is just no. all showing respect for somebody's home that you're entering.
1: I think all of those things are important when you're doing a home visit. And it teaches you not to judge a book by its cover. Also how to you know be respectful of different ways that people operate, different cultures, the rules sort of in their house. Because when you're in their house, you're providing service for their child, but you're a guest in their house. You're a guest. So being respectful of that. And then also it teaches you how to sort of communicate. She's playing by my rules and she's respecting what I've got going on here in this house. It's not like I'm coming in like a hurricane.
0: Yeah, we haven't even done any therapy yet. No. So now... Wash my hands. Where do you want to work? Where is a good place for us to work? Mm -hmm. So that they lead you to the space that they're most comfortable with. Because again, they may never have had people in their home like this before. Now you have a service provider in your home, which Mm -hmm. that's what we are. We're providing a service. Mm -hmm. So if they're brand new providing therapy, we haven't built that relationship yet, that rapport yet. So really you're setting yourself up for a positive relationship building experience. While you're providing the services in the home, you're all attuned to what is happening around you. Are there other kids in the home? Are there extended family living in the home? What is the day like? What is their routine like? If you come at different times on various days as you're trying to plot the schedule, how does that look? And all of that is giving you information. You kind of tuck that away. Now, every family is not going to be the same as far as their routine and their structure, but you better know what questions to ask if you're providing services in a different environment because Mm -hmm. you now have seen what it looks like in the home. Another thing that a home
1: visit will teach all therapists and a the reason why I think every therapist should do a home visit is
0: because of just your creativity and therapy. What do you think, Kirstie? So if you're working in a clinic in medical model of therapy, you have all of these tools at your disposal. Well, it is not feasible to pack that up every time you go to a home visit to take it to the home that you're going to. Plus, when you leave With all of that stuff, what is the family left to work on? Exactly. Because what we do is we educate the family and really the goal is what's going to happen every day for that child. That's where progress is going to be made. And so if we're not using what we have access to in the home, then that child is not going to be able to work with their home program and they're not going to make gains. So we need to be able to go into a home with little to nothing. It really needs to be simple because number one, parents need to have access to it easily and affordably because not every home we go to is stocked full of money and can just go buy things on a whim or we need to be able to leave it there and not care if we can get it back. Mm -hmm. Yeah I always tell every
1: therapist going into any home even if it's even a neighborhood that's the nicest neighborhood in the town you live in, only taking the essentials. So if I have to leave a home immediately, I just grab my keys and go. Whatever I've got in there with me that's in my therapy bag, it's inconsequential. You know, so I'm not... You're
0: making home visits sound really scary, and I've never got up and left one. (laughs) I haven't haven't either, but
1: I just feel like in every situation, you should be cognizant of your environment. Same thing in the clinic, you know, or just same thing anywhere, wherever. A home visit just causes you to make sure you're paying attention to your environment, which is important no matter where you work.
0: And I think, too, when you're not bringing in your items, it forces you to be creative. It Mm -hmm. forces you to use things in your environment or in that home visit that is part of the home, is things that they have on hand, is things that you can leave as a home program. There are some times where I noticed that the family, sometimes they'll have the Huggies diaper box or Pampers, whatever diapers they use. And it's one of those big box, you know, because it's cheaper to buy them in bulk. And so the family will buy that big box and it's full of diapers. But I'm like, hey, when you're done with that box, don't throw it away. Don't recycle it. Can you just save it? Because we're going to do something with therapy with it. And I might not have a bumbo seat to bring into the house, but I can use that box as to help support it sitting. Mm -hmm. A box is great because you can hide thing in a box
1: and play peekaboo and oh my gosh, what is it? You know, or You can climb over the box, get under the box, get in the box. They can jump on the box. They can walk over the box. You can run, you know, all kinds of verbs plus nouns. You can put any object you find like in the box and label it name it and open it or any picture you rip out of a magazine. All of that works in a home visit.
0: You know, I see therapists sometimes they're like, oh, well, developmentally, they need to work on stairs and this home doesn't have any stairs. And I'm like, do they have a couch? And they're like, well, yeah, they have a couch. And I'm like, well, that's just one big step. (laughs)
1: Yep, exactly, exactly, yep. So
0: a lot of it's been out of desperation. I'm like, oh shoot, I have to work on stairs because that's developmentally what's next and Mm -hmm. it's important for the child for development and I already explained that to mom and oh, now we have to figure out a way to do that. And so a lot of your therapy can sort of come out of some desperation but Mm -hmm. you're being creative in that moment and I think that that's really important to be able to do as a therapist.
1: Yeah, I think so too. You don't have going, there's no books in the house or there's not a lot of objects or like for myself as a speech therapist or pictures to name or that kind of thing. Then like the Sunday circulars, you know, the all the little advertisements that come in a Sunday paper for free or the some things that come on Wednesday that are for free, like in the mail, you know, coupons and stuff. I tell them to save all that stuff because there's all kinds of great things you can name and do with those types of pictures. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, you can also just ball them up and throw them and boom and crash them. And it just depends on what level the child's working at. I think a home visit teaches you creativity You know, I think it does, and and working with nothing, which I think is important because it also makes you focus on okay, what are you doing and why are you doing it? And really focus on the heart of what you're doing and how you're making a difference with, and the equipment doesn't get in your way because the equipment is just a means to the end, a means of getting the child to do what you need them to do. But it's really about what you're doing with the child and why you're doing it. So I think a home Mm -hmm. visit really makes you hone in on that and think about it. So a home visit more than anything does that for me. So, Home visits is definitely a place to work, and I, like every therapist should, and it teaches you a ton. And you know what the great thing about a home visit is? When you're done, you pick it up and go, okay, well, I'll see you next time. And you get like a little break. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> In between the kids. You do. As you drive from house to house, I'm like, "Whoo, okay, moving on, next one." And it kind of makes you wrap that child up. Whether you're doing paper documentation or you're doing electronic documentation, you may or may not have the internet where you are. Most nowadays, you can connect your hotspot on the phone, and you can do it real quick. But it kind of forces you to at least write some notes or do something so that when you get back, and if you can't do your daily note on the side of the road or whatever, wherever it is, then it causes you to write a few little notes down. So when you get back, you can just quickly get your note done, and it causes you to get your paperwork done, kind of. And, and that whole session, you're finished?
0: So when we say a home visit, don't think, oh, I just have to go into a home. You could be at a park, you could go to a grocery store because that's the child's everyday activities and mom needs to go to the grocery store. And every time she takes him in there, he falls apart. Or think of all the language and items you can point out in a grocery store. So don't just think home visit, oh, I have to be in their home.
1: No, I've seen children in the back of offices where parents are working and the child's in the office. I've seen kids in the back of a video store before because that's where the parents worked all day. So I've seen them back there. I've seen kids in all kinds of different places. So now switching from home or community visit, there we go, is a better way to frame that, to a daycare visit. So going into a daycare, you know, that's very common, or preschool really, but going in and out of daycares is kind of what I'm thinking about here. I think that's really important to be able to learn how to sign in and out of a place, make sure you're wearing like the proper credentials. There's one thing that we kind of hit on with the home visit. You you had your t-shirt on and stuff like that. I think how you dress, going to a home visit or going to a daycare, I think learning how to dress appropriately is important. You know, a long time ago, we didn't have that. And I learned quickly what to wear, and what not to wear. You know, a a blouse that you might not, wouldn't even really be low cut, but and you bend over, all of a sudden, it reveals more than you need for it to reveal. You only do that one time. (laughs) (laughs) Or shoes that you can't really move around in that just kind of keep sliding up off of your feet and then you're barefoot all of a sudden, you only do that one time. Or
0: pants that need to be dry cleaned, that's just silly.
1: Yeah, don't do that ever. And so, um, (laughs) or that, you know, so you need to, you know, clothes that you can wash and wear and clothes that really cover you, but yet
0: that you can get down on the floor mm-hmm. in and roll around in because mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> you're going to be on the floor. Yes. You're going to be in child-sized furniture.
1: Right, And it also causes you to still look professional, so not wearing jeans. You need to look like you're excited about coming to work this morning and you're excited about seeing this person's child. And if you come in again like holy jeans and stretched out faded t-shirt, you don't really look like you were ready for work. So what to dress mm-hmm. also is you learn a lot from a daycare or community visit. But going into a daycare, that's important. How to sign in, how to look professional, having your name tag, and then also just making friends with the person who's ever at the front, because that person at the front is a key integral part to your life. So, you know, where do I sign in? Hey, good morning. How are you? I'm Hayden. I'm here The speech therapist. I'm here to see, you need to make sure that person works here before you say it, but I'm here to see a person in Mrs. Jones' class. You know, where's Ms. Jones' class? And before you do a daycare visit, I usually check in with the parent to make sure the parent is told to the daycare director that I'm coming in and this is the right time. And I've, I've already done some pre-work to make sure that I'm coming at the appropriate time for the classroom. So I'm just not like, woohoo here I am and never heard hide or hair of me. I you know, do a little work yeah. in advance. So I think that's important. And then also knowing who to talk to. And then when you walk in that classroom, each classroom sort of takes on the personality of that teacher. So it's kind of like when you walk into a home, like how to be respectful of that teacher. Because, again, you're kind of a guest in that classroom. So, I say, hey, I'm, you know, Hayden, hey, I introduce myself. Are you Ms. Jones, the lead teacher? I try to figure out who that person is first and introduce myself to them so that they kind of know, hey, I'm in your area. I'm a person coming into
0: your classroom. And it sort of just shows them a little bit of respect because I am the guest there. Right. Yeah. And we say all the time, like, make a friend, be a friend. You want to have a friend at that front desk mm-hmm. so that when you need to change times because your schedule has changed and it's no longer working out, that you don't get the, oh no, you can't come at that time. Right. If you make
1: friends with whoever's sitting up there at the front, then before I go to the daycare visit, I'll I'll call and I'll say, hey, can I speak Cindy? Because I know Cindy's the one who sits at the front desk. Hey, Cindy, is so-and-so there today? I'm coming. And she can say, no girl, his mama called and said he's sick today. She can't come in. That person can save you a lot of time and energy and effort. Right. You need to make friends, be a friend. And that's the person to be friends with. And so when I go to the classroom. Make sure I introduce myself to the teacher. They know who I am. You know, communicate with them. And then I'll say, so I'm here to see little Johnny today. Where would you guys like me to work? In the classroom or in the hallway? I think I got ahead of myself. I usually figure that out with whoever there is at the front desk or the director of the daycare. Where do they want me to go with my body? Because different daycares have different rules. Yep. They do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you go in, they'll say like, okay, you need to go work in here. Like there's no question. Or sometimes they just sort of leave it up to you. So depending upon what's going on with that little kiddo, it's
0: what I, I do. So this is just a funny story about going into a daycare. I went into a daycare and it was a little bit strange from the get-go. And they directed me to a room and I thought, oh, sure, great. I, I have this room. There's toys in here. This is perfect. They taped a spot on the floor and that's where my body was supposed to work. <laughs> Now, mind you, I'm in their space, so I stayed in my square. (laughs) It made for a very interesting motor PT 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 session. session.
1: Did the the child have to stay in the square or just you?
0: No, I sent him all around the room to collect (laughs) toys and bring back to me since I was in the square. So you
1: had had the cooties. You were in the square.
0: (laughs) Apparently. But you know what? It's not my place. That, nope. It's not nope. my facility. Right. And I am just going to go with it because if I take this place off and they don't let me in in there anymore, who does that really affect? Yeah. Yeah. This the child. Because guess what? It's not about me. Mm. So I'm just going to make this work <laughs> and do it like she wants to do it, even though I think it's the craziest thing I have ever heard of in my life. But whatever, I'm doing what he needs.
1: I think working in a daycare, one of the things that taught me is to learn is proximity. Because most of the time I'm working in that classroom because, you know, the hallway is just as busy sometimes as the daycare classroom is. And they usually don't have like a little office. Sometimes they do for me to go into. But a lot of times I'm in that classroom and, and I'll bring a bag of toys in because until I understand what's happening there, I usually bring my own bag of toys because I don't know if they want me to play with their stuff or we need to play with my own stuff. So I don't want to assume that they just, cause some pe- teachers don't like that for me to just to start using their stuff. So I always take my own thing. Well, nothing attracts a whole pack of three-year-olds by you bringing a bag and of like secret stuff. They're like, Ooh, what oh, you yeah. got up there in that bag girl? And they are all over you. And so um, proximity and knowing how to arrange the space to get the most out of it. I learned that from a daycare. Cause I'll go straight to a corner and I put myself on the outside of the corner and the child kind of in the corner and then you know, that way I kind of make my own little room in a big room. You know, if we're not working, usually I try to work in the centers with the other kids, but if that child, for whatever reason, it's not working out, then a daycare taught me how to make a smaller room and a bigger room if I needed to and, like, reduce the space. Does that make sense what I said, like, blocking the rest of the room with my body? Like, I'm the sort mm-hmm. of the, the gatekeeper to the rest of the space, <laughs> like my body and my I bag. Understand. Yes. But and then also how do you work with one child in a room of, you know, 25 3-year-olds that all want to see what you got in your bag? That daycare visit will also teach you how to do that. In a big way, you know, because some teachers will help you out and some teachers won't. And they'll be like, "Yeah, you're fin for yourself, sweet potatoes." And if you do that, then you have to like, "Oh, look, you go play over there," or you just pick one and then pick maybe one or two kiddos or, or however many, and try to still work with your friend, but try to get maybe the other friends to help a little bit. It, you learn a lot from doing a daycare visit, a lot. So I think that wraps up today's discussion on all the places a pediatric therapist should work. We got into part of that, Uh, Kirstie and I did. So that'll end part one today and catch us next time on another episode of The Working Therapist where we talk about part two and the other places that we feel that a pediatric therapist should work. Catch other podcasts on theworkingtherapist.com. We've got a bunch up there on all kinds of topics. So catch those. We're also on iTunes and Stitcher and we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com.